Wow, okay. Hi, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. And I am delighted to welcome on the show today Adela Uludemi. Um, Adela is a, a leader and a coach with a technical background, uh, which we'll be exploring shortly. Uh, she started her career in engineering. She attained chartered status of the Institution of Civil Engineers, worked in that sector for over 30 years. And during that time, a key theme for Adela has been leadership and building relationships. And so she's got her passion for developing people ultimately led her away from engineering to embark on an MSc in coaching and behavioral change, which has equipped her to support others in reaching their potential. And that desire to serve others uh, through her leadership has also led her to take on part-time leadership role with a children's charity and several trustee roles. So I am really looking forward to our conversation today, Adela. It is exciting to have you on the show. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. Um, it really it is. really is. And I, um, Adela and I met at Yetunde Hoffman's What's Your Story conference. We were just reminiscing about it and talking about it before uh, the show started. Uh, so some amazing themes that came out from your story that I'd love to unpack now. But before we go there though, just so our listeners and viewers get to know who you are. We actually have something in common. So uh, both started as engineers and, and moved into leadership and coaching and, and consulting. The only difference though is that I could only handle about three years of it and you were able to handle 30 uh, years of it. But uh, tell us a little bit about why you moved away from engineering into coaching and, and leadership development? I, I guess um, I, I came into engineering believing that I could do anything that I wanted. And um, I remember one of my um, early bosses used to say that when I was a young graduate engineer, I believed I could change the world. And, and so I came into it that way. And I think one of the reasons that I persisted was because I wasn't going to let somebody else um, curtail that. But actually what I missed was the impact it was having on me, on who I was, on how I showed mm -hmm. up, on, on my health and and at, at, at a point when I re remember my uh, my husband I, I became um, hypertensive at a really early age and it was diagnosed purely by chance and my husband said to me so what's the choice are you going to stick with this with with your stubbornness or and in which case who's going to look after these children because you won't last and he's a medic mm. so he was oh. talking from, he said, you won't last. So you need to make a different choice, but it's up to you. Mm. And so I then moved from construction, which is where I'd spent my first 20 years, 
into more infrastructural management for, for in the aviation sector. But what I then found was on, on my journey um, as an outsider, as a black woman in a white male dominated industry, the thing that enabled me to be successful were the relationships I built with people on a human level. Uh, one, one of the things I always talk about was when I had quite a large workforce that I was leading, for my direct reports, one of the things I did was I knew the name of all their spouses. Wow. So that I connected with them on a human to human level. So mm. because for them, it was a big stigma. Not only am I being led by a woman, but I'm being led by a black woman. Where is there any other place around here that's being led sure. by a black woman? But actually, that black woman saw them, connected mm. with them on a human level, and so built a trust. And actually, at some points when things got really sticky, they, they just stood with me because one, they said I had integrity, but two, I saw them. But the thing that I found is as I rose up in the organization, my value set was just bumping in to the value set of a bottom line. And I get the bottom line, I get oh. that organizations need to make money, but I, I really feel that sometimes we sacrifice what we believe um, as a, what, what, we're after, what we take as a short-term win actually for building a long-term relationship and, and building a legacy that will sustain. Sure. And so I'd, I'd kind of made a few changes and, and I'm a woman of faith. And so I kind of spent time reflecting and felt, nah, it's, this is not doing me any good. It's not serving me well. I think I've proved myself. And actually I've got a whole load of transferable skills that I can have some fun with. And so, yeah, and, and, and I guess the, 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 at the end of it was I, I listened to myself and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. So mm. I, I took some different, I made some different choices. <laughs> wow, wow, thanks for sharing that. So uh, along, it sounds like some incredible lessons though and experiences but also some unique challenges because I, I know from my um, <laughs> what feels like you know tiny moment in uh, the engineering world it is first of all male dominated um, absolutely and and I joined the graduate training uh, program uh, of the London Underground, uh, an engineering firm con contracted to London Underground. And I think there was only one uh, female in our, in our cohort and all of the others, maybe, maybe two, one, one or two. Um, but so yeah, very um, male dominated, first of all. And then as you mentioned, then um, predominantly for to be already in the minority and then uh, a black woman engineer, I can imagine some of the tension that that brought. And just reading between the lines is, is was that the bigger part of the tension that you faced uh, as well? Because you talked about just that comfort with the experience that you were having and some of the pressures, was that a part of it for you or, or was it purely 
some of the just the bottom line and and those um overarching values yeah I, I think it was certainly part of it um i i i remember i i had a a, a really really emotionally intelligent boss quite late in my career and i in in the organization i was working with i went to do a presentation to the exec and he kind of said, what do you need? I said, I don't need anything. I, I kind of know what I'm going to present. And um, I just need to feel a bit grounded. So just give me five minutes. And I kind of took five minutes, was grounded, went, delivered it to the exec. And he kind of came out and said, you absolutely smashed that. That was amazing. Yet wow. when I went to do the same presentations to my peers, who were all white men, it was like you were in the classroom and they were all bickering and they didn't want to give you their attention. And, and it was just, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I, 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 I've, I've delivered this to people who are more knowledgeable, who are more impactful than you, but just because you, you see me as an outsider mm -hmm. um, and you kind of want to make me feel small, you gather together like a bunch of bullies in the playground and, and just be disrespectful. Mm. And we had a really good conversation after that. And he said to me, well, you just need to see them as they are. They're like bullies in the playground. But I don't have to stay in that environment sure. if it's not good yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being able to make that, that choice that this is no longer serving you. This is no longer helping yes. you. And as you said, your husband is saying, I don't know if your health is going to survive this as well. It's a, I know you said you took some time to reflect and, and you realize you had some you know, transferable skills, but it's still a big deal making a transition from a career that you've been in for 30 years into you know, something new and i'd just love to explore some of the the mindset that helped you with that because that's a, a big deal and, and it just i'll say this because something you said at the what's your story talk that really spoke to me was this idea that our capacity as human beings is infinite when we connect with who we are and, and that's such a powerful idea. So just, yeah, to unpack for us the, that transition for you. And how did you come to this place of really saying more of your infinite capacity? So, so, so I think, um, I mean, you talked about um, where we met, which was at Yetende Hoffman's Enjoyable Life, What's Your Story? And I, I'm, I'm a declared addict of, what's your story if anybody listening has just needs a day of input it's in december just google it it's amazing so we'll, yesterday, we'll add it to the show, show notes <laughs> <laughs> and, and i went to to one of yutunde's um events and there was a gentleman i can't recall his name but he talked about um how in his career a lot of the decisions that he had made, opportunities had come to him and he had just said yes. Now I'm a woman of faith and, and I kind of took that and, and rumbled with that. And I came to a place 
of the difference in the mindset was between scarcity and abundance. Mm, And for me, in the place of scarcity, there is fear, there is um, anxiety, there is limited capability, there is the thing that you have to follow in the same thing that everybody else has done because that's the only way to get to where Mm. you're going. And I guess I was able through, I guess, reading and, and, and exposure, recognize that actually we are, we are unique creatures. None of us, even if our gender is the same, even, even biological, biological twins mm, are still mm. different. Mm-hmm. And so we have unique inputs, unique ways of comprehending those inputs. And if we hone in and discover who we are uniquely, we can harness that abundance that is out there. That means, yes, we need to be mindful of of things, but there is an opportunity for us to build on who we are, to discover who, what there is out there for us. Because I remember when I kind of moved from, from engineering to, to leadership, leadership development, and I, I kind of looked at some, some agencies and they were kind of saying, well, but you've got to go back into what, what you know in order for, for uh, people to give you opportunities in where you want to go. And I said, I'm not going back there. I'm not going back there. And so I had to then find my own way that work that harnessed who I was knowing and and it's not without risk it's not without Mm -hmm. risk I I remember conversations with my husband where he kind of say so do you have a plan and I'll say yeah I've got a plan I've got a plan but the plan never works out the way you planned it out (laughs) that's just the way life is I I hear you I hear you (laughs) so were there difficult conversations? Yes, absolutely. But there was belief that I knew that mm. I had something. I knew that each day I showed up, I was enthusiastic. I was, I was, um, I was passionate. I was talking to people. I was going. I was networking as as you do at various events and talking to people and and getting feedback and 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 that then kind of helped build who I and and bring confidence that yes in the place of abundance there are huge opportunities Mm. and that that's a place where we thrive Mm. if we if we if we go into a place of scarcity it's like being starving you you kind of just eat anything but actually when you're healthy and balanced you can pick what's Mm. what's right for you in that moment and what you what you ate today is not what you necessarily want to eat tomorrow and you have that choice that's amazing i i love that i love this emphasis on an abundance mindset over a scarcity mindset because it plays out in so many ways right whether that is people feeling like there isn't enough recognition to go around so so I can't recognize my people or I can't 
just share an opportunity because if if I share it, then what do I have? Um, Absolutely. Right. And and it's I, for example, I talk about the fact I don't talk about, oh, there's a limited pie. And, you know, do you have a piece of the pie? Or do you, I talk about this at infinite pie. Yes. And, and actually, when you tap into this sense of purpose and our uniqueness as individuals, yeah. we can create a pie Absolutely. from nothing. We can yes. create a pie from nothing. Yes. And, and so that that yeah. is amazing. And, and I love the fact that you also, you're just bringing to life this, what's behind scarcity? It is fear. It yes. really is. It's, it's fear. And I often talk about the games leaders play and and when leaders are playing the ego game, they're very territorial, but that's driven by scarcity. It's driven yes. by fear. Yeah. There isn't enough. I don't have enough. There's only enough for me, not enough for everybody else. But your that spirit of abundance helps you to see possibilities when other people simply see closed doors and, and Absolutely. obstacles. So, and, and, um, and if yeah. anything has taught us about the fact that actually we have no control, surely it's COVID. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, so if, if, we, if we were in that place of, of scarcity, imagine what that did to people when COVID showed up mm-hmm. and everything that they protected, their pie was, was absolutely being decimated and they had no idea how to create a new one from, from, from the resources that were within. Mm. It's just scary. It is absolutely scary and so limiting. And, and actually it, it doesn't have to be like that. And, and, and I guess one of the concepts I, I have always had, and to be honest, I don't know where I got it from as a leader, is my job as a leader in, in, any, in, in a given context is to make myself redundant. Wow. Hmm. So that I, I, I build up my people, I equip them so that they, I can see them I need to make space for them. So I need to go on and go on and find something else. Sure. Sure. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, now I, I feel like it's worth just pausing there for a minute, be, just for people to take that in because I, I've, that's a challenge for some leaders, right? Yeah. Because it goes back to what's your mindset. If your mindset is scarcity, then there's no way I want to make myself redundant because do you know what I mean? Because because what do I have? But when your mindset is abundance, because what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing is just the incredible strength and perspective to say, I'm going to make myself redundant. Some people would look at it and say, but, but I don't know, what will you have? But what I see is, wow, now here's a woman, here's a leader that knows how to grow people. And so if you, even if you make yourself redundant there, then I think I, I need someone like that, a woman like that who knows how to grow people, but only an abundance mindset helps you see that rather than seeing it as, oh, I'm, oh no, I've lost the opportunity for myself. And so many leaders hold on to positions 
and create these ceilings for their people because they're afraid, but I don't have anywhere to go. Well, keep growing, just it, keep growing and there'll be other It's fun, it's fun and it's exciting. I mean, I, I remember one of my last roles, I had probably about 10 direct reports when <laughs> I, I, I left the team, I was still within the organization, I was doing something else. And um, uh, th they were giving an induction to one of the new exec members. And I was invited to come back just to kind of host the team. And the, the exec member turned around to me and said, so is this your team or is this his team? Because all I hear them talk about is all that you've done for them. And I said, well, it's not my team anymore, but that they, and <laughs> eight of those people within 12 months of me leaving that, that team got promoted. Wow. Now, for wow. me, I've done my job. Mm. Mm. I've done my mm. job. Because I've gone on to something else, but I have set them all up for mm. success. That's I've done amazing. my job. That's As amazing. a leader, I've done my job. Yeah, yeah. And that is, you know, just, uh, I can imagine this lots of leaders and, and emerging leaders listen to this but if you think of an environment that you hear a lot I, I hear this a lot people in organizations say hey we want to win the hearts and minds of our people we want them to be engaged well how does that happen it, it's by leaders being the sort of people that say my job is to help these people grow my job yeah. is to remove the obstacles to yeah them reaching more of their potential that's when you create an, an environment where people are high performing where they are engaged and you know we circle back to this idea of some of the blockers that stop leaders from doing that is this fear um, rather than dropping that down and really channeling their ego um, in the service of others and, yeah. and the bigger organization so that, that is amazing. I, I want to go back to something you said earlier on and just to help unpack that for our, our listeners and viewers, because you said just, you, you referred to this idea of the resources within, and, and I talk a lot about that, just leading from your core, what's on the inside. What, what are some of the, in your work now, especially as a, as a coach and, and developing leaders, how do you help leaders recognize more of those resources within so that they can unlock that and be more effective in their leadership? I, I think, I think first and foremost, it's about, and, and, and you talk about it all the time, about your purpose. What is it that is unique about you? What is it that is unique about your passion, your interests, your passions, your experiences that, that make you who you are. And, mm. and that doesn't mean it all has to be about your successes, but also what are the things where you haven't done so well, mm. but actually what have you learned from that? Because mm. mistakes are, 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 sure. are opportunities to learn, right? So Absolutely. what are the things that make you who you are? What do you bring? So, so, so there's, there's absolutely some of that. And what mm. are your values? Mm. So what's your purpose? What are your values? What is important to you? And, and how can you, you use that 
for me, in a way that it serves you well, but serves those with, with whom you are in connection well. So whether that's your organization, whether that is, is um, your, your community in some mm. sense. But I think my other thing with this about tapping into your resource within is about also your context. So I, I'm a gener- I come of a generation of, of women who were brought up and were told that we could have everything. Now, I don't say we can't, I think we can, but there's a timing to it. Sure. So thinking that you can sit and eat the whole banquet all at once, you will be sick. Mm, true. <laughs> but if you take the different um, courses and eat it over time, and so you, not only do you um, have a long lasting meal, but you savor the different tastes mm. and flavors in that whole experience. So, so for me, that there's something about understanding your context and your capacity today. Mm. What sure. is it? Where? Because some of us are absolutely up for stretch. We have that capacity for stretch, but mm-hmm. some of us are in a place where we are not there yet. And and for me, one of the things that I bring as a coach is I always bring challenge. It's just what I bring, mm. but also to just explore some of, as Brené Brown will say, what's the story I'm telling myself? Mm. And actually, what, where is it based? Is it, still, is it still serving me well? What assumptions are wrapped up in that story that I yeah. need to unpack? Yeah, yeah. Love it. Some incredible things there just, and it just speaks to how abundant that internal resource is because you talked about purpose of really discovering your, your purpose and how that that's something that um, helps you to tap into more of your um, internal resources and I also like the fact that you draw on the challenges as well the, the difficulties that we've had and and that's also part of your own story and how you can yes. serve the world. And, and for example, so um, my company, we've got a, a team of coaches and we have a personal mastery academy, but one of the drivers for the personal mastery academy, yes, it is helping leaders be more resilient. Yes, it's helping them be effective, but it's also helping them avoid burnout. But I, I know that from personal experience because yes. I remember you know, almost 10 years ago now facing burnout, um, suicidal thought. It was just such a dark time, but that darkness has allowed me to speak yes. into people's situations yes. With, yes. Uh, with a purpose and with a clarity that before that was merely theoretical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it's even our pain and yes. our challenges can really serve others. And, yeah. and we begin to it enriches our values of Absolutely. some of what we want to, to do. And I love this idea of context, just context. What's the phase of life that I'm in? What does yes. progress look like? You know, I just, uh, I may not be able to eat the whole elephant right now, but I can start with a, um, uh, a little bit. So yeah. um, some powerful things for, 
really tapping into our resources. I'm curious, just going back to this idea of even our failures and challenges can give us some richness to how we show up. Yeah. I, I What's been one of your biggest know, failures or defeats or challenges <laughs> but, and, but what has it taught you what what have you learned from it and um I mean obviously you know there's this bigger story you shared of transitioning from engineering to coaching but but a, a particular failure I, I, I think one. I think one of the the biggest for me is at a time when I was I guess, in my words, colluding with the with the scarcity narrative. Okay. So I, I I was I'd kind of come into engineering. I was all about getting chartered. I got chartered, and then there was I guess a pathway that I was told that that's the way you need to go, and I was kind of trying to fit myself into this mold that. Um, everybody else that's the way to go and and I was trying to fit myself and there was just no way I was fitting and 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 whether it's the things I said whether it's the fact that um, if I say if I say it's red it's because it's red not because somebody told me to say it's red when it's pink I don't do that and and Mm -hmm. and and that became so, so so there was a whole thing of wrestling with this whole well if you don't comply you won't progress and actually what does success look like is Mm. that my definition of success or Mm. somebody else's Mm. and so yeah colluding with that um that that narrative of scarcity leading me to a place of becoming unwell was Mm. probably one of my biggest failures And, and and for me what 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 I found is um, quite common in my journey is when I get to that place, I end up having to go back. So if 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 I was kind of plotting a line, there'd be a step where I'd go back, and then I would reflect, learn, and then I would take off again, and I'd take off at a much much I suppose higher velocity wow because I've I've done that learning mm, mm, mm. and 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 that's been been even in this transition as I left engineering there was an element of going back and mm. and so what did I bring what are the transferable skills what mm. are the, the skills that I had acquired from my masters so how am I going to put them together and how am I going to take off again Mm, wow wow but yeah certainly colluding with that narrative of scarcity and that appeared everywhere everywhere and and in my attitude in my behavior I I remember um I I remember in in the organization I worked in we had this major canteen Mm -hmm. and at at one point I I mean I'm I'm regular going to the canteen and I, I went into the canteen at a time when I'd made some key decisions around my career and the whole scarcity thing had gone and I was now exploring. And and somebody said to me, is it the same you? Your features are softer, your tone of voice, 
is, is really soft. Your body is far more relaxed. So when you were in that other role, you were like some kind of field marshal. You were, everything was bang, 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 bang. And now you're human. Wow, wow, wow. And so it's not just about the work I was doing, it's mm. how I was showing up, mm. how I was mm. able, and in a way that then prevented me from making the connections and some of the relationships I needed to mm. harness in that place mm. of abundance. Because mm. I myself was, I wasn't there. Mm. That That's really, um you hear it often that we embody without even realizing it that it's not just a mental thing that we're at, we embody this scarcity this fear yes um the way the way you're describing it it sounds like there might have been more of that command and control type Absolutely. approach right because yeah, yeah. Yeah. listen that th this has got to be delivered otherwise yeah. my neck is on the line and so yeah, i'm going to put absolutely. your neck on the line and yet the fact that there was this tension for you because you said it, it it's these weren't your words but it sounds like you felt i'm not really being true to who i want to be on the inside but I don't know how to how to get out of this and, and I imagine I there are so many leaders in that yeah. situation yeah. it's like I'm yeah. not being true to me but but it just feels like this is the game I've got to play yes right? yes and I was fighting and and for me there was an incongruence in in who I really was and what in coaching as we talk about it what the system was mm. requiring of me and mm -hmm. and that incongruence was very real and then the, the the choice was for me to move within the system mm -hmm. but that takes courage <laughs> i was hoping that word would come out because it's an important one for people yeah, to, it, it really does take courage it does it really does take courage this is i so i, I describe these two games leaders play there's the ego game which is all about the scarcity and fear and dominance and my empire or there is the service game which is about purpose and uh and contribution and and love and the thing that i get thrown back at me all the time is but but obi what, what if you're just yeah you want to play the service game but all around you, it's all of this ego and, and the system. How do you do that? And I, part of it we've been talking about now, and this was something that that you said as well at the conference is you, you got to know who you are. You've really yes. got to know your yourself and be clear about what you stand for. Yes. And and not in every situation that doesn't necessarily mean oh I've got to change careers or what you know. In some cases, it's I'm just going to show up differently. Yes, because uh, you talked about that as well. Just how am I showing up? Am I yes. am I showing up in a way that is true to me? So I'll, I'll give you an example. So me? so one of the the things I love that is true to me is color. I mm -hmm. love color. Um, I I particularly in the summer months I was always into trying to find some African print somewhere. And, and I remember we, we were in a, 
maybe three or four storey building and we had a central staircase and I would often be seen in pink and yellow and all this and I get my colleagues walk past me on the corridor saying my goodness can't you wear blue and grey like the rest of us what's with the pink and orange and yellow can't you just wear can't you just conform wow wow I went to work for a leader who would see me in my yellow, I had this, at the time I had a yellow and pink dress, really bright African print. And he turned around and said, that's my sunshine, just turned up. Wow, wow, wow. So who would you give discretional efforts to? Mm, mm, Who would mm, you give discretional mm, efforts to? mm, The person mm. who calls you a sunshine or a person Mm -hmm. who looks at you and tells you, you just need to conform. Mm, yeah 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 uh, that that's wow and the thing just listening to this as an observer i think that those leaders who are looking for conformity who are looking for group think they limit the organization Absolutely. right they limit the potential they limit Absolutely. the effectiveness but here you are saying well someone's saying that's my sunshine and you're like Hey, I want to give more. There's more I I can give. And so this is a a critical message for leaders thinking, actually, is it possible that by me not showing up fully and expecting people to conform, that I'm limiting the potential of my people? And how do you show up as courageously as possible? Because that gives people permission Yes. to show up fully as themselves yes. as yes. well. And so, so it, it does take courage, but everyone wins when people are able to bring the best of themselves to, to whatever initiative or whatever venture they are um, working on. So. And I think, I think the thing that is also helpful, though, is that there is now evidence that where people are authentic, and where mm. you have diversity in your workforce, it improves your bottom line. It improves indeed, indeed. your PL. So why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't? I mean, that that's a good question, right? And for some people, it's they don't know how to, or they're <laughs> not comfortable. And and this is where they need to acknowledge help get help get support yes. right yes. um draw on e- even being able to acknowledge as a leader it's hey i know this is important but i'm not really sure how we need to do it let's figure let's work at this together yes. um can be incredibly um enabling uh i love it i love it i, I wanna i we've had so many rich things that we've talked about i i wanna end on a question, just a piece of advice really from you to leaders about what would you say to leaders who are wrestling with this and um, wrestling with this tension of not being true to themselves, feeling like they desire to be more authentic, but they're dealing with some of their own fears about whether what the backlash might be, what they might lose if they desire and choose to become more authentic. What what advice would you give to 
leaders who are eager to operate in, in this healthier way? I, 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 what I would say is I think it's important to listen to your heart. So mm -hmm. if they desire to operate authentically, then that is something they need to take seriously because it impacts, as we've talked about already, how they show up. However, what I would also say is that in the mindset of scarcity, and, and you talked about earlier command and control, there, there is a tendency to plot a route to the desired outcome as if you've got control over it when you don't really. <laughs> in this context, I would say, take the first step. Decide how big or small you feel able to, um, to, to, to go and take the first step. And notice, give yourself permission to notice the impact of a small first step and you will be blown away mm. at just making small adjustments aligned with who you are, aligned with you being authentic. Take the small step and notice mm. and you'll be encouraged to take the next step yeah. and the next yeah. step. <laughs> yeah. And before yeah. you know it, you've got momentum. Amazing. Now that that's brilliant because this for some people it can feel daunting, right? You've never yes. done this before. So two great pieces of advice there. You want to operate more authentically as a leader. Then hey, listen to your heart. It yeah. is telling you something good for you, good for your people, good for your health, good for your family. Yeah. yeah. But um, don't feel like you've got to be able to control it. Um, just take that first step and take the next and the next and um, love it. You get to that place of momentum. And, and we talked about the system earlier. Once you start being authentic, the system colludes with you anyway. Mm. That's fair. That, and by that, you mean supporting you, yeah. right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Hey, um, so many rich uh, stories and insights. Adele, I've really enjoyed having you on the show and your thank you for sharing your story um, authentically as well and wishing you incredible success as you go on to have uh, an even greater impact as a coach and as a developer of people uh, than you did as uh, an engineer. So um, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to explore and yeah, and share and, and yeah, just have a good, a great conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And to all our listeners and viewers, I hope you enjoyed uh, the show and listening in on the conversations and do take to heart the insights and tips that Adela has shared. And remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader, if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose, then it starts from the inside out. Have a great day and see you on the next show. Bye-bye.